Welcome in to the Back and Forth Podcast. I'm your host, Stat Matt, a.k.a. Matt Raftery. Joining alongside, as always, by my co-host, Joey G. And before we get things too kicked off, we did have an announcement for you guys that we kind of teased a little bit last week or so. Got word this week that it became official. Back and Forth is now part of Talk That Talk Media Company. Officially done, signed, sealed, and delivered. Done deal. Yes. Unlike... Kyrie to the Lakers, which yeah, is pretty much a dead deal. That was a fantasy deal. Yeah, I, I, that was a smooth transition, I think, by me. That was. Usually, I'm, I'm pretty bad with those. Usually, it's just kind of like jump into the next thing. But I think, I think that was pretty smooth. But definitely, very exciting. Yeah. So all that really means is um, we'll start releasing episodes Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, pretty consistent. Um, you'll have those anywhere from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m or noon i guess pacific uh just but you'll have them on those days and um will obviously be associated with talk that talk so different partnerships they've got other shows going on and and stuff like that but happy to finally have a a dedicated home now for the show uh kind of in limbo there for a little bit but uh went from one home to the next and hopefully uh I, i'm looking forward to it um i was me kind too. of i was kind of geeked when uh Cheryl told me about this on uh monday so but let's get right into it. What we've got today, we've got some off the court hoops to talk about, and uh, of course, we're going to continue our NFL preview ser- uh, series and a, a team that I'm kind of dreading uh, previewing because it might not look great for this team this year. But got to get out of the way early, man. Yeah, it's, just yeah. The sooner the better. You know, the old saying goes, especially if you're like a sports better, even on teams that are bad, there's money to be made in the funeral business. So, <laughs> um, I may have used that saying once or twice before, but let's get right into some basketball news. Uh, let's start with what America, what people want to quote unquote deem America's team in the Lakers. Um, at least they like to believe that for the NBA. Um, some news out of them. They've got... So, or they supposedly had a phone call between LeBron, AD, and Russ, and I, I mean, I would pay to hear that phone. Call. I mean, great, I guess. Like, <laughs> I don't know how that phone call goes over. Like, especially after last year. Yeah. Um, we got to make the playoffs. Like, how do you start that conversation? It's, it's trying to convince yourselves that a team that went thirty-three and forty-nine is now championship contenders with the additions of Loney Walker. Troy Brown Jr. and Thomas Bryant, who are all great players. I will give the Lakers credit for this. They did something different this offseason. They went young. I will give them props for that. That's what they needed to do. They needed to go young. These old washed-up veterans coming off the bench did not work out for them last year. I will give Rob Palinka props for that. That I think with the limited amount of cap space they had this offseason, they made the right moves. Like They got the right talent, and they're like, Troy Brown Jr., has a lot of upside. He's a good defender. He's young. He's from Las Vegas, too. So, you know, I'm obviously rooting for him. Went to Centennial High School. Uh, Loney Walker, who was a former um, top 20 draft pick, I want to say. Had a, you know, not a bad career with the Spurs. Like, he showed a lot of promise. Uh, and then Thomas Bryant, who had, is familiar with the Lakers. He had played there before and um, had a, you know, a pretty good few seasons with the Washington Wizards. Like, I like the moves they made. However, that does not change really change the course for them that much like i think they sneak into the playoffs this year um but they're far from being a championship contending team not even not alone in the west but like you know there's there's not even i don't even think they beat the top five teams in the east eastern conference to be to be real with you and you know not to pat myself or matt on the back again here but we had said 
consistently for the past two, three weeks or even longer month um, that Kyrie Irving was not going to end up on the Los Angeles Lakers. Like it did not make any sense for uh, Brooklyn to trade a superstar point guard for Russell Westbrook, who I think a lot of the Westbrook hate is getting out of hand, but you know, the, the honest truth about Westbrook is he's not the same player that he once was. He is approaching 34, 33 years old. He is not as efficient as he once was. Like, you look at his last season with uh, with the Lakers, and there's not a whole lot to sell there. Like, swapping out Westbrook for Kyrie, like, that is might be the worst trade in uh, NBA history. And it, unless the Lakers include those two draft picks, which are in 2027 and 2029, that's not going to happen. Um, cause at the, at the end, at the end of the day, if no one else is calling about Kyrie, you kind of have to do that Westbrook for two first round picks deal. But if Rob Polinka doesn't want to trade those draft picks, which the reason why he doesn't want to trade them, cause he knows those are going to be lottery picks. Like once LeBron is gone from the Lakers, they are going to be toast for a while. Like they better hope free agents want to go there because they have no picks up until that point. They have like no future whatsoever. They have not really a solidified young player that is LeBron's really going to pass the torch to like. He's going to pass the torch to Taylor Horn Thucker. Like, he's going to lead the Lakers into the problem. Like, no, they're trying to trade him right now. So, like, that's obviously – I don't even know if he's going to be on the team next season. Um, so, yeah, they're kind of toast once LeBron hangs up his shoes or he goes somewhere else. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense for Brooklyn to do that trade unless those draft picks are included. And I still find it hard to believe that the Lakers are the only team that's called about Kyrie Irving. Like, there has to be someone else that's called and there has to be someone else that – is offering just a little bit more than that. So, um, yeah, it doesn't shock me that that trade's not going to happen. I think that's something me and Matt have been saying um, for a long time. And, you know, Laker fans uh, have been gotten their hopes up that hopefully that that trade would happen. And it's fun to dream, but sometimes you got to wake up and, and face reality. And um, I'm, I, I like Westbrook. He's not really a dislikable player. And even LeBron or Anthony Davis is dislikable. I have my own reasons, but LeBron's not even dislikable. So, you know, I really want to see that work for the benefit of the NBA as much as I hate the Lakers because as much as I hate to say it, when the Lakers succeed, the NBA is doing well. Like if the Lakers are a playoff team, that's good for the NBA. So I want to see them be a good team and, and compete and maybe get to that championship contending level. But I don't think they're anywhere near right now. Like best case scenario for this team, to be honest with you, I think is a fifth or fourth seed. And this is best case scenario is a fifth or fourth seed in the West. And they push they either lose in five in the conference finals or they push a seven-game series in the second round. Like, honest truth, though, this is right now this is a seventh or sixth seed team in the in the West that gets tossed in the first round. Like, if you get the sixth seed, you're going to be playing Memphis, worst-case scenario, or like, or best-case scenario, you're playing Memphis, maybe Golden State, um, Phoenix. Like, they're not beating either one of those teams. If you get the seventh seed, you're playing, again, one of those teams. So you're not going to have home court advantage. You're going to have to go through the playing tournament like yeah they've, they've got a lot to figure out so um hopefully Westbrook can get back to his old self and uh the new coaching staff can put him in a system in which he's comfortable with but this really doesn't change a whole lot but like I said one thing I will give him the credit for this offseason was was going out and going and get young, young players because I think that's really what they needed and now they have a little bit of youth off the bench and they have a lot of guys that had you know, a lot of potential and, uh, and a high ceiling, I think, that now are having a second chance with a new team. And it could work out well. Like, Loney Walker could turn into the player that a lot of people thought he would turn into in San Antonio. Like, this might be a home run steal for the Lakers. And Troy Brown Jr. might turn into a really 3 and D player. Like, Troy Brown Jr. reminds me a lot of Danny Green. Like, he could become a, a Danny Green type player. 
Not saying he will, but he has like similar play styles, I think. Um, and Thomas Bryant, Thomas Bryant is, I think, a better option than their last two seasons with Dwight Howard and, and JaVale McGee. So um, I think Dwight Howard's been a solid backup, but you get some youth with Thomas Bryant, and he's, a, I think, now a little bit more of a consistent shot blocker. He's a better rebounder and scorer. So um, I like those movies, but it doesn't change the dynamic that much for them. Like a team that just went 33 and 49, this does not make them title contenders. Like getting Kyrie, yeah, that makes you title contenders. If that if that core can stay healthy, absolutely. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. I like Woj said they're not done. They still might go out and get Buddy Hield or um, I forgot the other player they're looking at. But again, getting Buddy Hield really doesn't change a whole lot for them. So like they need a superstar point guard or another superstar player in the mix um, to fill in Westbrook's spot, I think. And that could make them title contenders. But until that happens, this is a, a right now, best-case scenario, second-round team. Yeah, I mean, look, we we were pretty spot-on with Kyrie. That was a pretty... we A lot of people saw that one coming. Like, Kyrie was not... He wasn't going to opt out and go to the Lakers for $6 million a year where he could make $36 million a year with the Brooklyn Nets. Like, that wasn't going to happen. And... The Lakers just don't have the assets to trade for Kyrie Irving. Like they, they're still recovering from trading for Anthony Davis a few years back. Now, all that being said, a lot of people look at this roster and they go, "Well, how did this team finish thirty-three and forty-nine?" It's pretty simple. They don't have depth. Like you go, you go past LeBron and you go past AD, and you could even go past Russell Westbrook. There is nothing on that bench. And when you look. Kendrick Nunn, who <laughs> I played two yeah, games uh, last year. Kendrick Nunn, and you might get six points a game from THT. Like, that's about what oh, your bench looks like. That's pushing um, him at six points. Where you look around the league, look around even across the hallway to the Clippers. They have one of the deepest rosters in the league at right. this current moment. And then you look, you've got Memphis. That was surprisingly deep. They had John Morant. And even when they didn't have John Morant, they were still a very good team in the Western Conference and really even in the, in the NBA. I mean, a lot of people started talking about Oh, look at Memphis, how they how well they do without Ja Morant. So that kind of goes to show that, you know, Memphis is a lot deeper than just Ja. And you had Dallas who, I mean, Dallas isn't complete, isn't really that deep, but they have Luka who makes up for about three players on the floor um, with how productive he can be. You've got Phoenix that is pretty deep. You've got Golden State that was really deep this year. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of people knew about the depth and we really got to see it in the finals against Boston where they could just go, past Steph, past Clay, past Draymond. Um, they were going pretty deep into their bench. They got really good production out of guys like Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole, um, guys that you probably didn't think to start the season were going to be all that productive members of the team. But right. uh, they, they proved to play big minutes and put in big numbers. So I always say this, and it, it feels like a broken record year in, year out, but usually the teams that are in contention for the championship and are winning championships – they have a pretty deep rotation on their roster. They can usually go seven or eight deep consistently game in and game out. And the Lakers just can't do that right now. They they have great production from LeBron and they get good production out of AD and sometimes even Russ. But the buck kind of stops there, like for the Lakers. Outside of those guys, and particularly if like AD is hurt, which he's been known to get hurt pretty frequently in his career. And over the past couple of years, we've seen LeBron miss significant time. Like, that's the other thing that I think if you're Rob Polinka, you obviously wish that your roster can stay healthy, but it's something you have to also take into consideration as far as, okay, LeBron's not getting any younger and he's becoming a little bit more injury prone the past few years. AD might as well be made out of glass with how much the guy is hurt. And Russell Westbrook is great, but he's one of the most inefficient players in the league. So 
he might put up a triple double, but it doesn't mean we're necessarily going to win. Yeah. Because he might, you know, like you said, you might, Russ might be putting up 35 shots to get to 25 points. So yeah, shooting eight of 35. Yeah, exactly. He's going to use the ball a lot. He's a very ball dependent player, um, much like LeBron and AD are, but I think LeBron can at least be effective without the ball. Like he, he's good at distributing the ball. Whereas Russ, he kind of forces things a lot of times and he's, at some points, he's moving teammates out of the way for rebounds and stuff like that. Yeah, well, you you look at, even at the Summer League, like, regardless of what the reports say about the phone call, there's something wrong with that, that quote-unquote big three. They didn't sit next to each other. That, yeah, that is, he, they're sitting on clear opposite side of the court, um, and you, you cannot sit there and tell me that that is normal behavior. You look at the Summer League, every single teammate is sitting right next to each other. You even look at the Orlando Magic, who won what 21 games last season were literally the worst team in the league their group of guys are all sitting together like the fact that Westbrook is clear across the court from LeBron the head coach um uh Rob Palinka, like that is not normal behavior um I've never seen that personally before at the summer league and they didn't even go up and acknowledge each other's presence or anything so yeah that is not uh that that kind of shows you that something's wrong there and I, I don't think a phone call really fixes that like you know, for, for your teammate to be in the same arena as you and not acknowledge you and sit clear on the opposite side of the court. Um, yeah, there's something going on there. So, again, like we always say, we're going to have to wait and see and what happens in in the regular season. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, like like me and Matt have both said, they, 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 they did good with um, going young in free agency, but, you know, this doesn't change a whole lot for them. And, uh, you know, not to, not to slander Westbrook too much, as long as he's on that team, not much is really going to change for them because – Unfortunately, whether it might just be fit for him because he did have a solid year in Washington, so it might just be fit with him with the Los Angeles Lakers. But clearly, um, he's not the same player he was two, three years ago. So maybe he just needs to change the scenery, um, and hopefully he gets that. But in Los Angeles, as long as as long as he's there, um, it's not going to work. Yeah, I I I can't see the Lakers being all that much better this year. I mean, they might scratch 500 this year. I mean, they might be like a 41 and 41 type of team. 40. I think they get to like 45 and 37, and they get that. They get the eighth or seventh seed, and they they sneak into the playoffs. I don't. If everyone stays healthy, I do not think they miss the playoffs this year. But they're not going much past the second round. Yeah, I mean, I think the second round might even be generous. I mean, depending on that first yeah. round match. Well, I'm just saying they won't. I don't think they get past the first round, honestly. But I think yeah. the furthest the furthest they're gonna go is because this isn't LeBron James in 2018 or 17, right? And also the NBA is very different than it was in terms of what the rosters look like than it was four or five years ago. So, um, as great as LeBron is, and how you know um, he looks, he does not look like a 38 year old playing. Uh, you can tell in the last two years that age has caught up with him. Like LeBron really never used to miss time for injuries, and that's kind of become normal uh, the past two or three seasons. So I do not think a 38-year-old LeBron is going to carry the Lakers all the way to the finals. Like that's, Again, it's a very different NBA now, and it's just not it's just not going to happen. So um, the NBA four years ago was two super teams and kind of like a cakewalk for everyone else pretty much. So now it's you, you have eight, ten teams now that you can really – make a legitimate case for competing in the NBA finals. So, um, yeah, it's just not, he's going to need a lot more help. Yeah. And kind of transitioning to a person that might need a little bit of help for sure. And, uh, being, oh, he needs, he needs more than help. Yeah. Uh, Miles Bridges, um, 
you know, he it came out yesterday that um, while everybody knew he was being uh, charged with the domestic uh, violence charge, it also came out that he's now being charged also with child abuse, I believe. Um, again, this was a guy that was days away from a max deal, most likely. Yeah, he was. Charlotte was going to give him a five-year, hundred and ninety million dollar contract somewhere in that neighborhood, I think. Uh, and obviously, first came out the domestic violence, and then now, now the child abuse thing. Um, yeah, he's he's done, and you got no one else to blame but yourself in that scenario. Um, you definitely feel again for uh, his wife and his his children, because mm-hmm. uh, like like I said last time, we you know are talking about how he lost out on millions of dollars, which he did, but you know you also have the other side of it where you know uh, their kids are probably going to be losing out on having their father around consistently also having to go through whatever yeah. went down there and the same thing with uh, his wife not having her husband around and on top of that the whole situation that went along with with those two so i'm um, unfortunate and again you got you got no one else to blame but yourself and like we've talked about a lot of times um you know some some athletes how they have like just thrown away thrown away like millions of dollars and pretty much their whole future like Miles Bridges signs that contract. Um, unless he's really foolish with his money, he's set for life. Yeah. Like a hundred I don't think people realize how much that is. A hundred and ninety million dollars, not including endorsements and everything else. He is a Nike athlete, I think. Um, like that sets you for life. And he was, you know, two, three days away for that. And he, you know, I, I don't think he did it that night. I think there obviously there was a lot building up to it. Um, I think this has been going on for a while, and I think his wife kind of touched on that. Um so, yeah, I mean, and then you, you look back on, I'm not going to go back and say names, but certain athletes in football and, and in basketball in the previous year that have some stuff have happened. So um, it's it's unfortunate and it's sad. But, again, a lot of these times um, you have no one else to blame but yourself. Like this, this all falls on Miles Bridges, and I don't know what's going to happen to him. Uh, like I said, I find it hard to believe that he's not getting a max deal, I'll tell you that. That's not happening. He might not play basketball again. Yeah, that's that's personally what I think. But you know, never rule anything out. Um, if he does somehow get on a team next season, he's not. He's got a nice suspension coming his way. I don't know what that suspension is, but if you're gonna spend, like like we talk about sometimes inconsistency with these leagues, this, you know these leagues suspending players. If Tyree Kill got suspended two years for using illegal substance or something, mm-hmm. man. Miles Bridges better have something along those lines. If 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 Tyreek Evans is getting two se- a two season ban for illegal substance use, what's the punishment going to be for a guy who Cal- is? Cal- Cal- I mean, Calvin Ridley. Yeah, that's that's the, NFL, whole- that's the NFL. But you're right. Like there is such a inconsistency with these league suspensions. Like you look at Calvin Ridley, who was gambling. He's gone a whole year, but Deshaun Watson's getting a four to six game suspension. Like, yeah, make that make sense. Or Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon gets can for like two three years for the use of marijuana yep like are you serious and then you know ezekiel elliott gets four six games for domestic violence i believe yeah like that doesn't make any sense um i think the nfl has finally stopped cracking down on that um players with using uh, marijuana which they should have done a long time ago and i think the nba started to do that which um which something that should have been done a long time ago but yeah there's definitely such a inconsistency with these suspensions um so we'll see in the direction the NBA goes. But like I said, I find it hard to believe he's on a team next year. Like 
you don't you don't you don't want that on your team to be honest with you like you don't want not only do you want not want the pr with it you don't want someone like that representing your team because yeah. wherever he goes like he's been the number one option in charlotte for the past two years so like if he goes somewhere like that's what a team is going to be trying like he's going to be the face of the team pretty much like you don't want that being the face of your team like you want steph curry being the face of the team you want lebron james being the face of the team you want guys like that um you want kevin durant being the face of your team you don't want a guy like miles bridges um being the face of your team um that's just a uh, someone who has set an extremely bad example so um again we'll like we always say we'll wait and see what happens with him but yeah well if you're gonna ban tyreek evans for two years man you gotta there's got to be some consistency there, so we'll see what happens. If he does get picked up, we'll see what the league decides to do with, with him. I was going to say, I mean, I think if he gets picked up, if we're talking suspension-wise, to me, it has to start at a year and go up from there. Like, I don't think you can suspend Miles Bridges for anything less than a year. Yeah. Like, that to me is probably the baseline. Um I might be more inclined to even go to a year and a half or two years. I mean, especially when you throw in the fact that he's got – now a domestic violence charge and a child abuse charge. I mean, that could be, I could make a case for two years as far as being, if, if he gets on a team, that being the punishment. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, Adam, to his credit, Adam Silver has been pretty consistent when it comes to these punishments. Like, he's been fairly strict on it, more so than the NFL by far. So, I don't know. Maybe Adam Silver, you know, puts down the foot and essentially and – um, some would call it making an example of Miles Bridges, but it's probably well warranted whatever suspension comes his way if he does find his way to a team. Yeah, and also, I think unlike the NFL, the NBA hasn't had many of these issues like recently. Right. Like, um, like the NFL, it seems like it's every year with this stuff, and I think in the NBA it has not. Um, like you really, ever, I, I honestly can't remember the last time like something this serious happened in the NBA with with a certain player. Um, so also I think Adam's like, like you said, Adam Silver's done a good job kind of keeping that out of the league. So, um, we'll kind of see the approach he takes with Miles Bridges, but that's an update on Miles Bridges. Uh, still obviously currently a free agent or restricted free agent. Um, so anything happens there, we'll continue to update, but, uh, moving on to our now fifth preview of the NFL season, new division, new division. We're going to the AFC North. Um, another extremely tough division in the AFC. Um, probably we've done probably like the two best divisions in football, I think, the last couple of weeks. Um, so we're starting off with Steel City, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh boy. Uh, Matt's team here. Oh so Matt's boy. obviously gonna say they're going 17 and 0. Of course. Um, so that's that's the spoiler alert there. But um no Ben Roethlisberger this season. He's officially retired. He's done and no more Heinz Field. What's no. it called now? Acrisure Stadium. Yeah, I know. I, yeah. And people are trying to come up with nicknames. They're like, should we call it the Sure? Like, no, you should just call it Heinz Field. Like, it yeah, was. it's Heinz Field. Um, so yeah, Heinz Field's like naming rights expired or something. Yeah, now they couldn't renew it. I guess not. And like Heinz Field's pretty iconic. Like, and it's a Pittsburgh brand. Like they they went from a local brand to an insurance company out of Michigan. Oh, it's an insurance company out of Michigan. That's yeah. That's now the name of the stadium. All right. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. They still have Mike Tomlin, so I guess that's all that matters. Yeah. But um, a new quarterback also in Pittsburgh, Kenny Pickett, uh, was drafted in the first round also into the University of Pittsburgh. Um, so he's not 
pretty much moving at all. Um, and Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. Um, but a lot of people are thinking this might be the year that finally happens. So, but I also thought the year yeah, he had Mason Rudolph as his quarterback, and he somehow found a way to go nine and seven. I think so. Yeah. Um, we'll see what he ends up doing uh, with this team. But I think Matt's got the schedule here. I do. Their projected win total is seven and a half for the Steelers. So let's see if we can find what eight wins if you go over. I guess anything less if you go under. Hmm. This is the, this is not a good start for them. On the road to the Bengals. Hmm. You know what? One and zero. I'm going on one. They're stealing one on the road. Interesting. Okay. They've, they've owned they've owned Cincinnati for a while. I think so. I think they get Cincy on the road here. Home opener is the Patriots. One and one. Zero and two. At the Browns. Two and one. They won't have Watson. He'll, he's getting a minimum four game suspension, so two and one. I'll go one and two. Home for the Jets. Three and one. Two and two. On the road to the Bills. Three and two. You think they win that game? I'm, I have them three and one. They're now three and two. Oh, three and one. Okay, three and two. I've got them two and three. Uh, at home for the Buccaneers. Three and three. Yeah, I'm going two and four. Two and four, yeah. On the road to the Dolphins. Four and three. Hmm. I'm not sold on the net, net new coach there. Mike McDaniel, what's his name? Yeah. The new Dolphins coach. I've never been. I, I think I like Tua. I have not seen a whole lot from Tua yet. I know he's got Tyree Kill now, man, but I don't know. I'm not. I, I think Brian Flores was a great coach, and they kind of just pushed him out the door. So, yeah, I'll give them that one. So, what three? I have met three and four. Yeah, I got him four and three. Uh, on the road to the Eagles, five and three. Eagles had one of the easiest schedules last season. They went nine and eight. They snuck into the playoffs, and then they got, you know, as Matt likes to say, boat raced by. Uh, yeah, they uh, did. The Buccaneers in round one. Yeah, I'll give them this. And it's a rivalry game. Tomlin usually has his team ready to go for these types of games. So you have them five and three. I've got them, four what, four. four and four? Yeah, so back to 500. At home for the Saints. Six and three. I agree. I don't think the Saints are going to be as good as people have them advertised. Um, and that's a home game, too, on top of that. Champagne's also on his last year, I think. I think he's kind of ready to yeah. get out of there and co-coach somewhere else. Yeah, I don't I don't blame him, especially yeah. looking at Jameis Winston as my quarterback. <laughs> yeah. I'd be ready, too. Um, at home it, for it ex- expires this year, right? Yeah, yeah we're going to sign you. No, nah, it's okay. We'll, we'll worry about that in the offseason. I'm just making sure. Right. Um, at home for the Bengals. I got him winning on the road, but I think they drop it at home, six and four. They split with them. I don't know which one they win, but they they split. They split with Cincy. I give you that, yeah. So I have them losing at Cincy. I think they get it done in Pittsburgh. So you have them at six, six and four. I think we both have them six and four. Do we have six and four? Yeah. Oh yeah, because I have them winning the Saints. Yeah. So six and four. On the road to the Colts. Six and five. I agree. On the road to the Falcons. Seven and five. Yep. At home for the Ravens. Eight and five. Ooh. Yeah, they always play tough. They always play the Ravens tough. Like, it doesn't usually matter the roster or anything. And this would be the one that they grab. I'll get, I, I'm with you. I, I go eight and five. On the road for the Panthers. Eight and six. I would go nine and five. I think the, de- I think the defense is going to win them a lot of games this year, like it has been. Yeah. 
and I think the defense is good enough to shut down Carolina's offense. Granted, that means our offense is going to have to actually score some points. Um, we can't be getting into 13-7 to seven type of games. but I think there will be a lot of those, though. It, 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 that's probably the only way they're going to win is their defense is just going to have to play lights out. Yeah. Um, so I have them, where are we at, 9-5? and five? Yeah, nine, I have them 9-5. and five. You have them 8-6. and six. Yes, sir. At home for the Raiders on Christmas Eve. I had the Raiders lose, losing this game, didn't I? I think so. Yeah, nine and six. Yeah, I got um, I got Steelers winning this game only because it is at home and it's and in Christmas, De- yeah, it's, it's gonna be December. Cold. Pittsburgh's going to be tough. Yeah, I don't. I, the defense is going to be put to the test this game because of the Raider offense, but the Raider offense could also be limited because of the weather. Their car throwing in the snow, man. I like I like uh, Pittsburgh's chances here. Yeah. So we have you have them nine and six. I got them ten and five. Is that right? Yes, sir. Oh man, I didn't think I was getting to ten wins with this. Told team. you. Um, fourteen and three on the road to the Ravens. Uh, lost nine and seven. I'm gonna go loss as well because I have them winning at home. So nine and seven. I have them ten and six. They've finished the season out with the Browns at home. Ten and seven. I'll go eleven and six. Ten. I think they'll be around nine and eight. Ten and seven. Realistically, yeah. yeah. There's probably a game in there that I gave them that they probably drop. But, I mean, an, an over under win total of seven and a half. That does kind of seem I, low for. I know it's not raise the stakes, but I take I take them I take them over on the seven and a half for sure. I think so. I mean, it, it's it's hard to envision a Mike Tomlin team not going at least nine and eight. Um, again, we talked about it. Mike Tomlin has taken coleslaw and hummus to nine and eight before. Like he he he's literally made magic work. He had Hellman Hellman boy uh, Mason Rudolph. Get, yeah, uh, him to nine and nine and seven that one year. So I think he can get. I was gonna say, and Mason Rudolph couldn't throw five yards in front of him. Like no. I, I'm pretty sure if Joey or I was the quarterback, is he of this still game, is he still on the team? Yes. Oh God, who's gonna be the starter? I'm going to go with it'll be Mitch to start the season. Oh, that's right. That's what I was forgetting. I was like, they have someone. I think Trubinsky has a solid year. I think he'll be okay. Like, I don't, I think he's not terrible. I like the fit for Trubisky. He is Nickelodeon MVP, so you got to. Yeah, I <laughs> I know. Um, I, I know Mitch gets a bad rap because of his time in Chicago. I like the fit better here for Mitch because Mike Tomlin's now his coach instead of Matt Nagy. Well, yeah, he's got a, you know, a. Someone for a brain as at least as a head coach now versus Matt Nagy he was just kind of just yeah and I mean Mike Tomlin's kind of similar to Belichick in the sense that he usually doesn't put his quarterbacks in bad situations like he usually knows his personnel and he he knows what they're capable of. He's also got a great running back in Najee Harris that's gonna be able to help take the pressure off of him. He also has a good defense on like he's had. I mean he had a good defense one year in Chicago and that's the year they. Or a doink away from making the divisional round. Yeah. Um, so I mean, he's got a good defense. He's got a solid running back. I mean, his wide receiver room isn't fantastic, but it's not terrible. Like he's got uh, um, uh, Chase Claypool and uh, Deontay Johnson, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, he's got two solid receivers there, and he's got a great running back. So um, we'll see how it works out for him. I don't think he has anything off the charts, but I think he has a, I think he has a decent year. I really do. I think so. Do we think? Do you think we see Kenny Pickett at all this year? No. If true, if Trubinsky's playing decent, there's no reason to, unless he gets hurt. I don't think you see Kenny Pickett this season. 
I think you see Trubinsky. Is is Trubinsky on a one year, two he, year? I he might be on a two year. If he's it's on not a very two, long. If he's on a two year, it'd be perfect for Pittsburgh because if he can claw them to ten and seven, has a decent year, you can then trade him this offseason. You can get some a nice little return for him. I think if he has a decent year, and then you can put Kenny Pickett as a starting quarterback. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think Trubinsky has a, has a solid year this year. Like I think, like Matt said, you know, being in Chicago with Matt Nagy, he had a very good rookie season. And then past that, like he was, he wasn't terrible, I don't think. But he, again, he was just really didn't have a whole lot of help there. Didn't have a great running back. Didn't have all that great of wide receivers. Um, so it just was not the best fit for him. And you know, he's now in a in a in a winning culture in Pittsburgh, and you know, has a great head coach in Mike Tomlin. So I think it works out a little bit better for him. Like I said, I don't think he turns into prime Peyton Manning here, but you know, he could have like a a prime Kirk Cousins kind of season. Do the Steelers make the playoffs? At ten and seven, you would think we'll have to go through the rest of the division. But like at ten and seven, you would think they sneak in if they can get. I have them nine and eight, ten and seven. Ten and seven might be enough to sneak them in. It all depends on uh, Watson's suspension and what the Browns do. Like if you suspended six games and the Browns go one and five, like they're going to go ahead of like they're going to be ahead of Cleveland in the standings. Yeah, well, I think it's important. Like we, I think you had mentioned it when we were going through the schedule. I think it's important that Pittsburgh drew Cleveland the first four games in within the first four game window, yeah. because you have to imagine, like we said, realistically, we're probably looking at a four to six game suspension for Deshaun Watson. Um, and even still, like, I mean, we kind of mentioned this a little bit when we were talking about the Deshaun Watson um, case, and we'll obviously talk a little bit more about it uh, when we get to the Browns, but I don't know if Deshaun Watson, even if he comes back, how much he actually helps Cleveland. Like, I don't know if he comes into Cleveland and just flips flips a switch right away. Like, he, he could very well, you know, sit out for six games, comes in on that seventh game, and so on and so forth. And but, like, a one-in-five start is tough to claw back. For that's, what I, that's what I'm saying. Like, or a two-in-four start or a one-in-like... And this is a guy who you got to keep in mind has not, not played, played football exactly in a year and a half, and that's a tall ask. Hey, you're one in five. We need you to get us somehow to the playoffs, and yeah. you haven't played football in a year and a half. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think Cleveland. They've got the talent. I think past this season maybe, but um, this year I don't think they. I don't think they sneak into the playoffs. I think Pittsburgh's got it. But the problem is, is that if Pittsburgh is third in this division, they're not getting in because AFC West is also tough. Uh, if AFC West is gonna be putting in three teams, so. I think this division is only going to be able to get in two teams at the most, and they got it. They have to be better than Baltimore. I don't think they're going to be better than Cincy, so they have to be better than Baltimore. Yeah, um, not impossible, but you know, not not the easiest of of tasks for sure. Yeah, and I mean, you look at the other divisions around in the AFC. Obviously, we talked about the AFC West, how tough, and you know, I I, I think it's probably going to be the best division in football as far as competitiveness. The AFC North can make a case probably for second best division in that sequence. But again, like you said, I mean, we think there's probably three teams out of the AFC West, your division winner, and then probably two wild cards. That leaves, like you said, at most two spots open for the AFC North, whoever wins the division and then maybe a wild card. But you also have the AFC East that could easily, you can make a case for New England and Buffalo. Um, You have the AFC South, Tennessee and Indianapolis usually are pretty much front runners for that one. I don't even know if the AFC North gets that wild card spot. That could go to 
one of the other two divisions in the AFC West. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough battle in the AFC, I think. So that's kind of what they are looking forward to this football season is uh those two divisions in particular, the AFC West and AFC North, like who's getting in and who's not. Yeah. And you also gotta take an injuries to account. Like you know, God forbid you don't want that to happen, but you look at the AFC West, like something may happen to a certain player and right. that kind of just throws their whole season out the window. So uh, we're just assuming if everyone stays healthy. There's a lot of factors that play into the NFL season that, you know, that are um, beyond a lot of people's control, and it could change the whole pretty much dynamic of, of, of that conference. Yeah, I mean, we could be talking about multiple teams kind of similar to, like, what Miami faced a couple years ago where they went – Miami was, what, 11-6 and six and they – or 11-5 and five and they missed the playoffs? It was either 11-5 and five or 10-6, and six and they were – They went 10-7 a couple years ago. They went 10-6. No, they went 10-6. and six. Yeah, it was before the 17-game season. Yeah, 10-6, ten, ten ten and, and, and they missed the playoffs. Like, yeah. we could be talking about a couple teams that are like that where they go 10-7 and seven or 11-6. and six. You know what the worst one was? It's in basketball. But the Phoenix Suns in 2014, do you know what their record was? And they missed the playoffs. Was it? Was it a really good record? I won't say really good, but it was. It was not. It was a it was not a bad record. Forty five and thirty seven. They went forty eight and thirty four and missed the playoffs. Oh, that that on any other giving year, that's definitely good enough to get you into the playoffs. That's usually a top five seed. I would say teams have gotten to the playoffs with like a forty three and forty record or something, or forty three and thirty nine record. Yeah, like they just barely above five hundred, and those teams have gotten in. Before. So they went forty eight and thirty four. So it happens sometimes. Sometimes the league is really, and that I think that's what's going to happen in the AFC this year. Is you're going to have like a lot of ten and seven, nine and eight teams, maybe an eleven and six team in there somewhere. I don't, I don't know about that far, but at least for sure ten and seven, where on most average seasons that gets you into the playoffs without a question, but. This year, ten and seven wins you the division in the NFC West. So if you're in the NFC, you're fine. Especially in the NFC West, like you go seven and ten, I think you're okay. And I'll even um, go. I'll go this far: the winner of the Super Bowl will be an AFC team. Yeah, the I think the AFC has now become far stronger than the NFC. I mean, like you look around just the NFC, just at a glance, the NFC North. What it's Green Bay's division to lose. Like it's basically Green Bay versus the Pack in that one. Yeah. NFC East, please, come on. Like, do I need to say much about the NFC East? Like, yeah. Next division. Dallas will go 11-6. and six. They'll da- lose in the wild card. Exactly. Um, Spoiler. They'll, they'll, they'll claim it's their year like they always do, and then, you know, well, it's your year to sit on the couch again. Like, yeah. that's about it. And but, then Mike McCarthy draws up a, uh, a QB draw in the last play of the game. Yeah, boy. <laughs> I mean, Mike, Mike McCarthy was probably trying to give uh, Brandon Staley a run for worst – coach man like game management he's like they're, I, going, I, they're going neck and neck man. i know that's that's a tough race um nfc west isn't going to be as good um they have the rams who i think are good rams niners cardinals the niners have a lot of questions though they Se- seahawks so yeah the niners their only saving grace is their schedule isn't that bad this year like they could they the, no matter who the quarterback is they could probably be okay Arizona, they're facing the DeAndre Hopkins suspension. And they got Hollywood Brown, though. You got to remember, Arizona, especially Cliff Kingsbury, is not good in the second half of the year. Like, they self-destructed last year in the second half. But, again, to your to that point, the reason they got into the playoffs is because they had a strong first half. So, yeah, they have another strong first half. They're going to they're gonna find their way into the playoffs again. They pulled the Raiders, but instead they actually got to the playoffs. Yeah. Um, 
Well, the Raiders are. I mean, I you think their talk, collapse was worse. I would say you want to talk about a team that is historically terrible in the second half. Go, I don't know how you go from. I think it was two years ago, three years. Ago, I don't know how you go from six and two to eight and eight. I don't know how that happens, but they found a way. And their schedule isn't even that hard. Like they played the Jets in that run. They lost to the. They almost lost to the Jets in that in that run. So, um, yeah, yeah, and then a, a, a lot of factors this NFL season. Yeah. But we got five out of thirty-two so far. So we got we got to ramp it up here a little bit, but. Uh, You'll have our word. We'll get all the rest of the 27 done by um, kickoff. Of course. And we'll also throw some college football in there as well. There's some teams that we want to preview for sure. Um, we'll, we'll, for college football, we'll go some of the more talked about teams, some of the more um, teams that you'll see probably on a regular basis on TV, the Alabamas, the Ohio States, the Michigans of the world. We'll touch on them and we'll give you, the, you know, kind of their preview of what we think they're going to be along with pre, uh, playoff teams and all that. That'll be coming up fairly soon because college football does kick off before the NFL. But again, we appreciate you guys tuning in to the Back and Forth podcast. We are back uh, with another episode. So this will drop Thursday now because of now being associated with Talk That Talk Media. Again, if you haven't followed Talk That Talk Media, I believe they are, I want to say, TTT Media Company on Twitter. Um, you type in Talk That Talk Media Company. It's a brand new social and all that. And of course, make sure you guys are following back and forth on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter is at BackForthPod. Instagram is at BackForthPodcast. This will drop Thursday. We'll have one more episode that'll drop Saturday. Another team out of the AFC North we will preview. And as Joey and I always say, there's probably going to be at least one or two headlines that come out between now and then that we'll touch on. And uh, our, if there's none, we might even squeak two uh, previews in for you guys. Get you... Uh, Double the football fun as we're going to be ramping up a lot of football coverage here soon. Yes, sir. The basketball, the basketball talk is uh, coming to a close. I think, you know, the last, the last major thing in the NBA we're waiting for to happen is is Kevin Durant. So yeah, and it, that happens. Yeah, and who knows when that's going to happen? I mean, yeah. it, things that seem to stall. Not that I that brought way. it up, it's probably going to happen as soon as we get to the cars. Of course, it happened two weeks ago. I was like, I think we're about done with free agency, so. Um, we can start focusing on football. Literally no a half than, hour later. Half hour later, Kevin Durant wants a trade. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens here in the next 20 minutes. I'm sure something will go down. Of course. Uh, but thank you guys for tuning in. Again, we'll be back with one more episode later on this week. I've been your host, Stat Matt, a.k.a. Matt Raftery. Join alongside, as always, by my co-host, Joey G. Subscribe to Back and Forth wherever you get your audio podcasts, the socials. Again, Twitter is at BackForthPod. Instagram is at BackForthPodcast. And don't forget to follow Talk That Talk Media Company on the socials as well. We are back later this week. Thank you all for tuning in.